0: And then we'll just get right into it. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you once again for this opportunity to be here. We thank you for the opportunity to come and to receive your word. We thank you that you watched over us as we slumbered and slept on last night. We thank you that as we travel the highways to and from our destinations, you kept us uh, safe and free from any harm, any danger. Now, Father, we just ask you to open up our ears and our minds and our hearts this morning, so that the word that you have given me, I can give to the people, and we can all receive it collectively. Father, let it be none of me and all of you. Remove any self out of the way so that you can be ultimately glorified. Father, we thank you in advance for the word that we receive today. We thank you that we don't just receive it intellectually, but it becomes life for us, and that we become not just hearers, but also doers of your word. Father, we thank you in advance in Jesus' name. And everybody who believes you're going to receive something today, go ahead and give God some praise wherever you are in your home, in your car, wherever you are. Just give the Lord a big hand clap of praise. Go ahead in the comment section. If you can put you some of them little clapping hands, put you some of them little praising hands, whatever you got to do. Just give God some praise. Amen. 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 And amen. Praise God. Amen. So let's get into what I want to talk about today. As many of you know, this has been declared for us and those who are partners with Fellowship of Champions, that this is a season of great harvest. This is a season of great harvest and that this year, 2021, for us and our partners has been declared as the year of of release amen the year of release 2020 for us was the year of great harvest. But God has ushered us out of that particular year of harvest to a season where it's not just gonna be a one-time thing. We're talking about perpetual harvest in our lives in every single area, in every single area. Harvest where our relationships are concerned. Harvest where our health is concerned. Harvest where our finances are concerned. Harvest where our careers and businesses are concerned. God is moving us into a season of great harvest. And this year is the year of release. This is a year where not just things are being released to us, but we are releasing some stuff out of us. We're releasing things like depression. We're releasing things like sickness. We're releasing things like lack. We're releasing things like bad relationships and God is releasing. Heaven is releasing all of those things that we need. And we have declared that this year we will grab hold to them. Amen. We will grab hold to them. And so if you were with us for our 21 days of prayer, then, you know, we have prayed through about 20 different initiatives and we're going to continue to pray through those initiatives as the year goes on. But before we even got to those initiatives, the Lord gave us a word for Fellowship of Champions and all of our partners. And I know we talked about it at the beginning of January, but I want to go back this morning and i want to i want to i want to spend some time talking about that just a little bit because what i want to do is make sure that each of us are prepared to do what is necessary so that we can receive all that god has for us amen and so uh the word that the lord gave us it was a scripture he gave us it was in first corinthians 15 and 58 first corinthians 15 and 58 and this was the scripture that that we received of the Lord, where he declared to us, this is the year of release. Somebody type that in the comment section. Say, this is my year of release. This is my year of release. And so the scripture says in First Corinthians 15 and 58, it says, Therefore, my beloved brethren and sisters. With all we have going for us, and how many of you know we got some good stuff going for us? Amen. If I was, if we was all together, I'd make you raise your hand and ask you to show me a sign, give me a thumbs up, something. But if you've got something good going for you right now, and you know it's because of God, then you ought to give God some praise for it. He says, so therefore, my beloved brothers and sisters, he says, with all we have going for us, be ye steadfast be unmovable and be firmly planted. That word firmly planted gives us the illustration or the picture of a tree. When a tree is planted, you don't ever expect that tree to move. If you've got a tree in your front yard, you don't ever come home and expect that tree to be in your backyard. You don't expect it to be on the side of the house. You don't expect it to be moved closer to the street. Why, because what we know about trees is when you plant them, they take root. So he says, I need you to be like a tree. I need you to be steadfast. I need you to be unmovable. And I need you to be firmly planted. Why? Because I need you to live your life how? With an unshakable confidence. I need you to live your life with unshakable confidence so that you can always be abounding in the work of the Lord. In other words, whatever God asks you to do, you can do it with an air of confidence. You can do it because you know God has spoken it. And if God spoke it, then he already settled it from the, from he settled the end from the beginning. It was done before he told you to move. He says, I need you to live your life with unshakable confidence so that you can always abound in the work of the Lord. He says, we know, that's you and I, that we prosper and excel in every season. Now, what is this season? It is a season of what? Great harvest. We are going to excel in this season of great harvest. How? By serving the Lord. He then says, because we are assured. Yes, that means positively, 100% without fail. God cannot lie. He is not a man that he can lie. If whatever he says, it shall come to pass. He says, so we know then that we excel in every season by serving the Lord because we are assured that our union, our partnership, our covenant relationship with him makes our labor Everything that we do, all of our obedient steps, all of our actions, it makes our labor what? Productive and not a waste of time or a waste of effort. Somebody ought to give God some praise. Somebody ought to give God some praise. Everything we do when we obey God works out. It don't matter what it look like. It don't matter what it starts off like. I know before I start. That no matter what obstacles I face in the road, no matter what pitfalls come my way, it can rain on my head. It doesn't matter. I know that if I am following God in the end, it is not a waste of time. It is not a waste of effort. And I know that everything I do, it excels. Why? Because I serve the Lord. This, yes, Shavonda, is my season of great harvest and my year release. Amen? Amen. And so then we began to read this prophecy that the Lord gave to us. And I won't read the whole thing, but I encourage you to go back and pick it up. If you haven't looked at it in a while, I encourage you to go back and pick it up. You say, pastor, I'm new to this, where can I find it? You can go to the Fellowship of Champions Facebook page. It is located at the very top of that. I believe it's pinned there. You can read this entire prophecy, but this is the part I wanna focus in on this morning. The very first thing he says to us in that prophecy is this. It says, hold on to the words which I have given you. Notice what he says. Hold on. If I'm being told to hold on, it's because there is a propensity for me to let go. Somebody need to hear me. If I have been told to hold on to something, that is because there is the opportunity or the propensity or the uh, uh, to to let go of it, and God doesn't want me to do that. He says, "Hold on to the words which I've given you, the words that you have used to guide you through this year." So He was talking to us in 2020. He said, "The same words that you used to guide you through this unprecedented pandemic." The same words that you used to prosper when everybody around you was losing their jobs. He says the same words that I gave you that kept you free from COVID or allowed you to recover from COVID when other people got it and lost their lives. The same word that I gave you then, don't let it go now. Don't get lax, don't let it go. Make sure you keep hearing the word and you keep mixing it with faith. He says, the words that you have used to guide you through this year, he said, now stand firm, stand firm and be prepared to do what? To receive. That means you got to have a posture. You got to you got to have an expectation that it doesn't matter what the economy says. Listen, I, I hope they pass the stimulus for everybody who needs it. But whether they pass a stimulus or not, my God is still God. My God is still able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that I could ask or think. Why? According to the power that's working in me, I got the Holy Ghost on the inside of me. So even if I don't get a stimulus, even if I wanted a stimulus, God is my stimulus package. I wish somebody would just agree with me and put that in the comment section, say God is my stimulus package. That doesn't mean I don't want people to get it. I hope everybody who needs to get it, but I'm not waiting on the government to rescue me. I'm gonna participate in my own rescue. How? By serving the Lord, because I know when I do, I prosper in every season. I know that it's not a waste of time or effort and that my labor is seen as productive, amen? He says, so hold on to the words which I have given you, the words that you have used to guide you through this year. Stand firm and be prepared to receive all that I will reveal to you in the days and months ahead. I, I read that 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 part of the prophecy probably daily almost daily. he says hold on to the words that I've given you Edwin. don't let them slip no matter what you see, no matter what's happening in the economy, no matter ha- what's happening with the government. Hold on to those words. stand firm, be planted. make the decision to live your life with unshakable, confidence because you will prosper in every season and so today i want to talk to you from a particular subject i want to read um the scripture we've been reading about the year of release you can see it on your screen it says this is your year of release psalms 126 5 and 6 and what i want to do is i want to read that and then i want to talk to you from today's subject now here's what i want to so go ahead and put up psalms 126 verse five for me if you can on the screen. Now notice, notice what it says. It says, those who sow their tears as seeds will reap a harvest with joyful shouts of glee. Let's talk about what that means. Sometimes you have to sow in tears. And when I say sow, I'm not talking just about money. I mean, you have to sow your obedience with tears. What do I mean by that? I mean, everything in you is screaming not to obey god the bible says that our 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 flesh and our spirit are warring against one another that their their enmity with god Our, our our flesh nature doesn't want to agree with god and so sometimes there are things that God will ask us to do. There are there are directions God will ask us to move in. There are things or projects that God will ask us to pick up and do for him. And our flesh is screaming to us that we shouldn't do it. Our flesh is screaming at us, uh, that we should just disobey. Our flesh is telling us, but other people didn't have to do that. Other people didn't have to pray. Other people didn't have to read their word. Other people didn't have to do X. Other people didn't have to do Y. But these people didn't have to do Z. And God is saying, if you want my best, you got to do it this way. And so the Bible says there may be a time that you will have to sow your obedience even with tears streaming down your face. He said, but those who sow their tears as seeds, he said, there's gonna come a time where you're gonna reap a harvest and it's gonna be with joy. It's gonna be with glee. It's gonna be with gladness. It's gonna be with happiness that you are going to be so excited that you obey God. Listen, somebody type in the comment section. Say, I may be crying in the beginning, but I'm gonna be shouting in the end. I may be crying in the beginning, but I'm going to be shouting in the end. Why? Because I understand that they may weep. I may weep as I go out, carrying my seed to sow. I'm I'm carrying this obedience to God. I'm doing what God is telling me to do. I am weeping as I'm doing it. I am fighting against my flesh. I am crucifying my flesh the entire time I'm choosing to obey God. It says, but I love the word but. Why? Because but cancels out everything that came before and it solidifies everything that comes after it. He said, I may be crying in the beginning, but it's going to be some joy in the end. Why? Because I may go out crying with my obedience. I may go out crying because I'm obeying God. I may go out crying because I'm choosing to do do it his way. It says, but they will return. And how are they going to come back? With joyful laughter and shouting with gladness. Why? Because they're going to be bringing back arm loads of blessings and a harvest overflowing. Somebody ought to give God some praise. My obedience may be tough at first, but it's gonna pay off in the long run. It's gonna bring back all this joyful laughter in my life. I'm gonna be shouting with gladness because I'm gonna get to see the fruit of my obedience as I bring back arm loads of blessings and a harvest overflowing. Somebody type in the comment section, arm loads come on just arm loads arm loads arm loads you know if if you ever had an arm load or something sometimes i I do laundry uh and and i don't want to make two trips from the dryer i just pile everything in my arms i got stuff hanging over just dripping over the sides. i'm carrying all the towels at one time so i can make one trip i'm talking about arm loads of blessings amen arm loads of blessings so how are we going to get these arm loads of blessings you and i are going to be built to last god has given us a word and god has assured us that just as this is our season of great harvest and it is our year of release that he has designed and engineered us to last, amen? Go ahead and type in the comment section, I am built to last, I am built to last. So today, that's what I wanna talk about, being built to last. Now, you know, we've said this many, many times before, and we've taught this many, many times before, and we'll teach it many, many more times. And that is that in order to walk in any truth, In order to walk out any truth, there are four things that you need. The first thing you need is a revelation. We spent a lot of time talking about how to receive revelation. We talked about what revelation is, so we're not going to do that today. Number two, we said that you need a role model and we've talked about how you can find a role model that it can be in the Bible or it can be a contemporary or it can be someone that you've been introduced to. But you need a human model living or deceased. But you need a model who has done what you are intending to do. Someone who has walked out what you're trying to walk out. Why? Because having a role model gives you confidence. What's the confidence it gives you that if God did it for them? Got to do it for me because the Bible tells us that he is no respecter of persons. But we're not going to talk about role models today. But we said you got to have a revelation. You got to have a role model. And the third thing you need is a regimen of faith. You need a systematic way to build your faith. A lot of people, they love God, they go to church, but they get the mess beat out of them by the enemy every single day because they have not learned to cultivate their faith. I say it all the time and I believe it, that after you get born again, after you give your life to Christ, the number one thing you need to learn is how to live by faith. The Bible is so sure of it, it mentions it multiple times. It says the just or the righteous or the justified shall live by faith. So you got to learn to have a regimen of faith so that the winds, when they blow, they don't come and mess your life up every time the wind blows a different direction. But we're not going to talk about the regiment of faith today either. <laughs> although you need a revelation, although you need a role model, although you need a regiment of faith, we're going to talk about number four. We're going to talk about how do you develop or how do you have a righteous resolve? In other words, how can I guarantee that I am built to last? That's what we're going to talk about today, being built to last, because you need to understand. That you and I have an adversary and that being born again, hear me when I say this, let me look at the camera, being born again does not exempt you of life's challenges. Being born again doesn't mean you won't have problems. Being born again doesn't mean that things won't happen that you weren't planning on. Being born again means that when those things happen, you still have the ability to win. Amen. That's what it means. Just because you're saved, it does not exempt you from life's challenges. Hear me when I say this. The world offers you and I plenty of opportunities for us to give up, cave in and quit. That is the enemy's job to present opportunities for you and I to give up on God's word. As believers, though, it is absolutely imperative that we learn to respond appropriately and correctly to this emotion. Listen, when you feel like giving up, when you feel like quitting, when you feel like caving in, that is the time that you have to rely on the word that says, wait a minute, I have God's word as an anchor for my soul. I will not give in. I will not cave in and I will not quit. That's the reason you need to have community because community says I can go to other believers. And the Bible says it becomes like iron sharpening iron. When I when I feel bad, when I don't feel like I can make it, other believers can bear me up. The Bible says that the strong shall bear the infirmity of the weak. And we all get weak sometimes. But that's why you ought to have community so that you can learn to build your faith. So when somebody else is weak, you can build them up. Amen. So what we gotta learn to do, instead of responding in fear to what we see around us, we as believers should respond in faith to what Jesus Christ has already done. One of my favorite examples of that is when Jesus told his disciples he was gonna meet them on the other side. He says, hey, y'all get in the boat, y'all go over to the other side of the island, I'm gonna meet you over there. And the Bible says that when they got in there, uh, they, they, Jesus went down and, and, and went to sleep and, and the winds got to blowing and things got crazy. The waves got big and, 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 and they were so concerned. They had just heard Jesus teaching the word, but they were so concerned about these waves and about these winds and all the stuff they could see with their natural eyes. They asked Jesus the question when they finally woke him up, they said, do you not care that we perish? Now, imagine they like, do you, are you just going to stay asleep, Jesus? You don't care that we about to die. And Jesus looked at them and said, oh, ye of little faith. Why? Because what had Jesus said? I will meet you or see you on the other side. If Jesus says he's going to see you on the other side, it doesn't matter what the environment does. You're going to make it to the other side. You're going to make it to the other side because when Jesus gives you a word, it's the foundation that allows you to be built to last. Understand some of his finished works include healing and deliverance from trouble. The devil wants to capitalize on our biggest fear which is the fear that somehow God's word will not come to pass in our lives. That's the that's the fear that the enemy wants us to grab hold of. He didn't he didn't. You know, people talk about fear. They talk about being afraid of snakes and sharks and bears and tigers and all that stuff. No, no. no. The, the biggest fear the enemy wants you to have is the fear that God's word isn't true. That's what he wants you to believe. Why? Because if he can get you to believe that he can get you to cancel out the promises of God because he can't do it. He doesn't have the power to do it. He doesn't have the wherewithal to do it. All he can do is to convince you to do it. And so we have to understand that when we feel this kind of pressure, we are probably actually closer to our breakthrough than we ever knew. The enemy begins to apply a great pressure to you when you are closest to the thing that God has promised. That is the reason we have to learn to not give up, to not cave in and not to quit. We have to be built to last. Somebody type that again in the comment section say, I am built to last. Amen. I'm built for this. You know, one of the things that athletes talk about all the time, athletes talk about the fact that uh, that when they go out to play a game, they have a mentality that says I was built for this. I was engineered for this. I was designed for this moment. People talk about people like Kobe Bryant. They talk about people like LeBron James and Michael Jordan uh, and people who make big plays. Why? Because they always seem to show up at just the right moment. Why? Because their mentality is I've been designed. For just this moment. And I'm telling you, I don't care what you're facing. Baby, you have been designed for this moment. Amen. Listen, the enemy wants to bring discouragement to us. Discouragement is a trick of the enemy. What is discouragement? Discouragement is simply a loss of confidence or enthusiasm. That is the reason I love being around Pastor Chris. If you've ever been around Pastor Chris, you know that it don't matter how big or how small something is, Chris is going to be enthusiastic about it. And the reality of it is, it's why she probably doesn't struggle in her life with not believing God. Why? Because discouragement is the trick of the enemy. It is the thing that he uses to see in our minds to make us think that God's word doesn't work. You got to learn to be enthusiastic about the word of God. I know I'm having you to type a lot of stuff, but it's okay. You at home so you can do it type. I am enthusiastic about the word of God. I am enthusiastic about the word of God. You got to get some enthusiasm in you. Why? Because you need to be excited. When God says something to you, it needs to rejuvenate you so that when trials and tribulations come your way, they don't take your joy. We used to sing a song all the time that says, the joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. Watch this. And the world can't take it away. Why? Because it doesn't matter what happens on the outside because my joy is an internal thing. I am enthusiastic about the word of God. Amen? Listen, it's just a trick that the enemy uses to get us to give up or to give in on the promise or the promises of God. We must be aware of this and we must not be overwhelmed by any obstacle the enemy throws our way. And we must understand it's his job to do it. It is his job to try to discourage us. We don't have to be uh, perplexed. When it happens, we just be like, oh, that's just the enemy. But he's already defeated. How do we know this? The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11, it says, be not ignorant. And that word ignorant doesn't mean stupid or dumb. It means don't be uninformed. Don't be without knowledge of. Do not be ignorant of Satan's devices. Because if we do, then he can get an advantage of us. One of his devices is the spirit of discouragement you may be going through. And one of the things that the enemy will try to do is he'll say to you, well, look at sister. So and so look at brother. So and so they don't do what you do, but look how God's blessing them. Look at how things are working out for them. Look, they, you're a tither and they're not even tithers. They have told you they're not tithers. And look how it's working out for them. The enemy wants to seed you. He wants to plant these little seeds in your mind to make you discount God's word. I am begging you. I am imploring you. Don't fall for the trick. It's like if you ever watch that Beverly Hills movie and they have that thing and they say they keep falling for the banana in the tailpipe don't fall for the banana in the tailpipe discouragement is simply the banana in the tailpipe don't fall for it be smarter than that when discouragement shows up you open up your mouth and you declare that the very God of heaven has already declared what it's gonna be and you don't care what it looks like you know what God God said, and that is where you're going to stand. That is where you're going to put your faith and you watch the enemy back up off of you. Why? Because he can't stand the word. Everyone who serves God, everyone who serves God, everyone (laughs) who serves God is going to encounter opposition. I need you to know that so you don't think that somehow you're unique to the situation that is facing you. Everyone who serves God will encounter opposition at some point in their life. You're going to encounter some opposition. Listen, being saved does not exempt you from life's challenges. Sometimes the opposition that we face, it can seem so severe that quitting seems like the easiest option. If I was if we was all together, I'd have you turn to your neighbor and say, don't take the easy way out. Don't take. The easy way out. Don't be a coward. Don't give up. Don't cave in and don't quit. Open up your mouth and decree and declare what God has said. Why? Why is this important? The Bible says in James chapter 1, verse 12, it says, Blessed is the man. That word blessed there, we know it means empowered to prosper. He says, Blessed is the man. Who remains what? Steadfast when? Under trial. It says empowered is the man who, when things are falling down all around him, remains steadfast. Blessed is the man when he loses his job, he doesn't curse God. Blessed is the man when tragedy and calamity comes his way, he doesn't turn his back on heaven, but he stands fast under trial. You you are that blessed person. You are that blessed man, you are that blessed woman. You are blessed because I'm telling you, you are built to last and you will remain. If you are a partner, a fellowship of champions, if you're on this broadcast today, if you are attached to me and Pastor Sean and to other believers in this ministry, we won't let you quit. We won't let you give up. We won't let you cave in. Why? Because the Bible says you're blessed. We don't quit, so we're blessed. So if you're attached to us, then you got to be blessed and we're not going to let you quit when things get hard. He says, blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial for when he has stood the test. Glory to God. He will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. God's got some promises available to us. And it's not just eternity. It's not just salvation. When when we leave this earth, God says, if you will stand under your trials, even right now, there's a crown available for you. There's a crown. That's right, Sheila. Don't take the easy way out. Don't give up. Don't cave in in whatever you do. Don't quit. You know, there's a familiar quote, and you probably heard it before. It says, winners never quit, and quitters never win. I'm telling you, the reason that we call our church Fellowship of Champions, the word fellowship means gathering together. We are a gathering together of champions. We win. You hear me? We win in every situation. We declare we win. We and, and we not those. We not we not bandwagon winners. We don't wait to see who win and then jump on board with the winning team. We come out the gate declaring that we're winners. Somebody type that in the comment section say I am a winner. I listen. There's about a there's about ninety six of y'all on this broadcast. You need to say I am a winner. If you can't type. You are a winner. I need you to inbox me so I can preach to you. I need you to know that you are a winner. I don't care what you suffered in the past. I don't care what may have happened to you. I don't care what folks said about you. You are a winner. All you do is win. You got to get that in you. It's got to permeate in you. You got to feel it every morning. You got to feel it during the noonday. You got to feel it before you lay down at night. You are are a winner, and you have been built to last. Listen, life has its share of frustrations. I get it, but quitting just can't be an option. The Bible tells us in First Corinthians, the 16th chapter, and the 13th verse, it says, be watchful, stand firm in the faith, and act like men. It says, be strong for God uses trouble to mature and train us. He doesn't bring trouble to us, but when it comes, he does use it to mature and train us so that we come out stronger and more fit to serve his kingdom. My God, my God, did you hear that? Listen, I don't even know if they had that in in the notes because I think I added that this morning when I was reading uh, my devotional. But listen, let me say it again. First Corinthians, the 16th chapter, the 13th verse in the ESV, it says be watchful. Now, now, now it means in other words, don't, remember, we said don't be ignorant, but to be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men. Now, when it says men, it means men are women. In other words, what it's saying is don't be children. The Bible says that when I was a child, I thought as a child, I acted as a child and I did childish things. But when I grew up, I put away childish things. He says now is the time to put away childish things. Be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men and be strong. Be strong in what? In the Lord and the power of his might. It says God uses trouble to mature and train us, amen, listen, he doesn't bring trouble to us, but when trouble comes, he does use it to mature and train us, so that we come out stronger, and more more fit for the kingdom that we are in, amen, come on, somebody give God some praise, give God some praise, put some hearts up there, put some hands up there, listen, I'm telling you, God has designed you to win, the Bible says in James chapter one, verse two and three, he says, my brethren, he says count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptation. Knowing this that the trying of your faith worketh patience. He says my brethren count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Now, now understand when he says when you fall into them, he didn't mean necessarily that they were going to overcome you. He says that when, when those temptations come, when, when, when I step into the temptation itself, I don't have to succumb to the temptation. He says, but I can give God praise just because the temptation came up. Why? Because this is what I know. Every time a temptation or a trial comes, it gives me an opportunity to grow my faith. It gives me an opportunity to strengthen my faith. Why? Because what does it do? It works out patience. And what does that word patience mean? The word patience doesn't mean putting up with. It means consistency. It means consistency. I was built to handle trouble. Ooh-wee. Somebody ought to type that in the comment section. Say I was built to handle trouble. I was built. I was engineered. I was designed to handle trouble. When trouble comes my way, I don't say, why is this happening to me? Oh, poor me. Why is this my lot in life? When trouble shows up, I handle trouble. Why? Because I got God on my side and the Bible tells me in the book of Thessalonians that it is a righteous thing for God to do what? Trouble my trouble. Amen. God troubles my troubles. The God in me troubles my trouble. So when trouble shows up, I don't shriek back it's my opportunity to shine. When tribulations come my way, it's my opportunity to glow. When trials and tribulations show up and try to take me out, I stand strong and I prove out my faith to myself. Why? Because it works out my patience. Understand, do we like trials and tribulations? No, nobody's over here praying for trials and tribulations and hard time to come, but we do know that as Christians, we grow. From experiencing troubles that we conquer when we push through the situation and we endure the way Christ encourages to it builds us up. Amen. Rod, we are cut. We are cut from a different cloth. Do you understand that? Sometimes you have to tell folks, we are not the same. <laughs> we are not the same. You, you cry when trouble comes your way. I kick trouble's tail. We are not the same. I am cut from a different claw. I've been designed and engineered to handle trouble, baby. Praise God. Hebrews 10, 23. Y'all preaching in the comment section. Hebrews 10, 23 says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised, praise God, is faithful. He says, let us hold on to what the confession that we have said. The confession we have said is what God has said. Whatever God said, this is your season of great harvest. God said, this is your year of release. Well, we don't care what happens in 2021. We're going to hold fast to that confession because that's our confession of hope. Because God has promised it, we aren't going to waver. We aren't going to back down. We aren't going to cave in, and we aren't going to quit because the economy takes a turn, or because the stimulus don't come through, or because COVID numbers start to go back up. We're not going to waver on what God said. Why? Because the person who made the promise, glory to God, the. person who made the promise is faithful. Somebody type in the comment section, God is faithful. Then because God is faithful, I can trust his word. I can trust his promises. That's the reason if you missed it, you need to go and listen to Pastor Ralph's teaching about not growing weary. He did a a couple weeks on not growing weary. The enemy wants to wear you out. He wants to know whether or not you're going to contend or the word contend can also be translated hold fast. He wants to know whether you're going to hold fast to the confession of your hope. He wants to know whether you're going to contend for it. It's why the Bible says in Galatians six and nine. It says, and let us not grow weary while doing good. He says, don't, 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 don't fall apart when you're doing the right thing because some bad stuff happens. The Bible tells us it rains on the just as well as the unjust. But for those who don't grow weary, he says, in due season. In other words, in God's proper timing, we shall reap. If we do not lose heart, if we do not faint, if we do not give up, cave in and quit, if we will be, as Rod said, cut from a different cloth. If you make a decision that you're going to be cut from a different cloth, baby, I'm telling you at the end, you're going to receive everything God has promised. And so when I hear a word like that, it, I don't know about you, but it does something for my soul. Now, what is my soul? It's my mind, my will, my emotions, my imagination and my intellect. It's the part of me that, that resonates with the outside world. And the Bible says in Philippians four and six, it says that when I get this word ingrained in me, I don't have to be anxious for anything. He says, do not be anxious about anything. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. In other words, don't be anxious about anything, pray about everything, give God praise and thank him for everything that he's already done. I am telling you, that is the mindset of a champion, that is the mindset of a believer. We shall not faint. What does it mean to faint? To faint, it means to give up. It means to cave in and it means to quit. But he says, we have been designed to to, to persevere. We've been designed to overcome or to continue on a course of action, even in the face of great difficulty or with little or no prospect of success. Listen, we don't care what it looks like. We don't walk by our senses. We walk by faith. And I know I I know I'm getting excited about this, but I'm telling you, I get excited because this is the kind of thing that you need to have in your life when nobody else is around you. This is the kind of stuff that needs to rise up from the depths of your soul and speak to your mind when the enemy is trying to torment you with with disagreements and and, and, and disappointment and, and, and all of the other things that he uses to make us think that God's word is not true. Listen, he says that we shall not faint and we shall, we shall reap, we shall reap. That word shall means that we are to receive a guarantee. We are to receive a benefit or reward as the consequences of our own or other people's action. The question is not if this would happen, but when is it going to happen? It is, listen, everything God has promised for us is going to happen. I remember over 20 years ago when we said that we were going to preach the word and we were going to have people all across the world, on every continent, to hear us teach the gospel. And at the time, in order to do that, it cost you over a million dollars a month for the TV time and the stations necessary in the equipment to maintain a million dollars a month. And here we are, Twenty years later, I am sitting in front of you via a Logitech camera and something that wasn't even invented called Facebook. I'm going across various platforms on YouTube and Twitch and everything else. And we are preaching the gospel to the world. Why? Because if you hang in there, that's right, April, we shall reap. Glory to God. If you hang in there, Over the course of 20 years, we had multiple opportunities to quit. We could have said we just missed God. We just had big lofty ideas. This ain't what God said. We missed it. But no, we held fast to the confession of our hope. Glory to God. We held fast to it. Why? Because the person who made that promise to us over 20 years ago is faithful. God is faithful. God is faithful. God is faithful. God is faithful. Listen, if we was in a packed church right now, we'd take off running. God is faithful. God is faithful. What did you say? I said, God is faithful. (laughs) He's faithful to me. He's faithful to his promises. God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. If God made you a promise, it shall surely come to pass. Glory to God. I got to get a drink of water. Y'all ain't got me hyped this morning. Mm. Glory to God. God is faithful. Listen, if we refuse to quit, we have God's promise that the time will come that we will reap a harvest of blessings. Temptation is just a strong desire for a wrong for pleasure that offers a temporary escape from an agonizing emotion. When God te- when God makes you a promise, and the enemy sows those seeds of discouragement and disappointment in your life, the emotion is strong. You want to give up. But if you give into the temptation, you gotta know it's just gonna be temporary. It's just a temporary pleasure that offers a temporary escape from this agonizing emotion. But at some point, the emotion is gonna still come back because you didn't get the promise. You did not get the promise. And because you didn't get the promise, the go ahead put that back up there real quick. Let me put that back up so, so people can see that. The, the one about temptation. Temptation is just a strong desire, that's all it is, for a wrongful pleasure that offers a temporary escape from an agonizing emotion. Don't take the easy way out. That's what I was saying earlier. Don't Listen, the, the thing that would thwart your faith quicker than anything is to start following God and then quit before you get to the end of the process. Why? Because the next time you start following God, that emotion of what it was like to quit and give up on God, is going to show back up. It's going to make it more difficult the next time. It is the reason in our household at Camp Strick. if you start some endeavor, you got to finish it. Any sport, any musical instrument, anything that my kids did, they had to finish the season. Now you might not want to do it again and you may not want to continue it in and that and, and that's fine, okay? But you're gonna finish the season. What you're not gonna do is create a pattern and a, and, a, and a pathway in your brain that makes quitting easy. So don't give up, don't take the easy way out. Amen. Listen, I want to show you something in First Corinthians the 15th chapter, the 58th verse. They may have to pull it up on the screen because I don't know that I put this in the banner section. But 1 Corinthians 15 and 58 says this. It says, therefore, my beloved brothers and sisters, with all we have going for us, this is what I read earlier, be steadfast, unmovable, and firmly planted, living your lives with unshakable confidence, always abounding in the work of the Lord, We know that we prosper and excel in every season by serving the Lord, because we are sure that our union with him makes our labor productive and not a waste of time. How are we gonna be built to last? How are we going to be built so that we can persevere through the hard times? I want you to look at something, Matthew chapter seven. I want you to look at Matthew chapter seven. I want us to start in verse 21. And we're going to read to about verse 27. And I just want you to notice, I want you to pick up on some things here. Because we're talking about being built to last. If you're going to be built to last, you got to start with the right foundation. Any building that's going to last is going to last mainly because of the foundation it's built on. The Bible says in Matthew 7 and 21, it says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. It says, but the one who does will, the, but the one who does the will of my father who is in heaven, it says that, that on that day, many will say, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? He says, and then will I declare to them, I never knew you depart from me. You workers of lawlessness. Now, imagine serving God and having God say, I never knew you. You know, Pastor Valley, when he explains that, he explains it like this. Um, He he says, it's not that God forgets you. It's that God never knew you. Now, why is that important? Because you can't not know what you've known. You can forget it. But God doesn't say, I don't. I forget you. What he says, I never knew you. You were never, your name was never in the Lamb's book of life. You you did all this stuff, and you did you say you did it in my name, but I your name was never recorded. Who are you? He says, and then I would declare to them, I never knew you, so depart from me, you workers of iniquity or you workers of lawlessness. He says, and everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them, watch this, he says. If you do these words, if you if you if you act in accordance to what I've called you, if you do what I tell you to do, not only will you be built to last, but let me show you who you're going to be built to last. Like he said, those will be like the wise man who built his house on the rock. He says, and when the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, it did not. Fall. If you had a Bible, a paper Bible, if you had your paper Bible, like I got my paper Bible right here, I'd have you to take your highlighter and I'd have you to underline and circle and put stars all around those five words. But it did not fall. It did not fall. Why? Because it had been founded or built up on the rock. Let's keep going because that ain't all. He says, but everyone who hears these words. So here's the combination. People who hear the word. OK, people who hear the word and do the word or people who hear the word and don't do the word. He says, let me show you what they are like. He said, they're like a foolish man. He says so the one who hears the word and does it is wise. The one who hears it and doesn't do it is a fool. He says, and let me show you what he is built, what he is like. He's like the man who built his house on the sand. He says, and the rain fell. Wait a minute. The rain fell on the the one who heard the word, who did the word, and was wise. But the rain also fell on the one who heard the word, didn't do the word, and was a fool. So what that tells me is that hearing word and even doing the word, Doesn't stop rain from falling. It doesn't stop the floods from coming. It doesn't stop the winds from blowing. But the difference is what you are like. Are you like the wise man or you like the fool? Because the wise man built his on a rock and that rock, that word rock there really denotes God's word It's Petra. It's the word, it's, it's it's God's word. It says it was built up on the rock or on God's word. He said, but this foolish man built his up on the sand. And when the same rain came, when the same floods came, when the same wind blew, it says it beat against that house just like it beat against the other house. But this house fell. I will have you to circle and underline those three words. And it failed and great was the fall of it. What was the difference? The difference is what they built their life on. And what I'm trying to get you to understand today is that you must build your life on the word of God. If you don't build your life on the word of God, I'm telling you the rain's gonna come because it doesn't matter whether you're wise or a fool. The floods are going to show up. The floods of life are going to appear and it doesn't matter whether you're wise or a fool. I'm telling you, the winds are going to blow and it doesn't matter whether you're wise or whether you're fool. The difference is what you make the decision to build your life on. I'm telling you, you are built to last because you, I believe everything in me, are building your life on the word of God. And if you're not, today can be the day you make the decision to do so. Today can be the decision that you decide you're going to build your life on Christ, the solid rock I stand. Amen. I'm telling you, you've got to do it. You've got to do it. God is dependable. Somebody type that in the comment section. God is dependable. I'm going to end with this scripture right here because I really just wanted to encourage you today. But I'm going to end with this particular scripture. But I need you to type that in the comment section before we go. God is dependable. God is dependable. God's not like most of the people you know, even the people you know who you trust hundred percent. The reality of it is, is that you 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 know they're dependable, but you also know they have the they have the propensity or the capability of not coming through either by their own volition or not. But God always comes through. God is dependable. The Bible says in Second Thessalonians 3, verse 3, it says, but the Lord is faithful. Glory to God. It says, he shall establish you and keep you from evil. The voice translation says it like this. Still, the Lord is true to his promise. The Lord is true to his promise. He will hold you up and guard you against the evil one. Are y'all seeing that? It says the Lord is faithful. Somebody ought to be jumping up out of their seat right now saying, yes, God, you are faithful. I may be struggling financially right now, but God, you're faithful. I may have got a bad doctor's report, but don't go near God. You are faithful. I'ma listen to the doctors, but I'm, I'm I believe the report that you have said, which is that I am healed. That by your stripes I am healed. It says, but the Lord is faithful, and He shall establish you, and He will keep you from evil. What is evil? Evil is simply twisted thinking. I told you before, you've heard me say this. You got to tame your thoughts. You got to tame your tongue. You got to tame your temperament or tame your heart. And you got to tame your team. You got to have the right people around you. It says if you will do those four things and you will get embedded in this work, God is God will take care of his part. He knows how to be faithful. Somebody type that in the comment section say God knows how to be faithful. He don't need us to teach him. He don't need us to coax him. He don't need us to coach him into it. God knows how to be faithful because he is faithful. He says, and he will establish you and he will keep you from evil. He will keep you from twisted thinking. And then that voice translation says, "Still, in case you have forgotten. In case somehow you thought that, that 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 God wasn't the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. In case somehow you thought that the same God who raised Jesus from the dead didn't have the power to still be faithful. In case somehow you thought that was the case, still, the Lord is true to his promises. He will uphold you and he will guard you. Against the evil one, there is no better bodyguard than God. <laughs> there is no better bodyguard than God. He will guard you against the evil one so that the evil one can't get you to participate in evil, which is twisted thinking. Glory to God. Listen, that's it. I'm 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 gonna end right there. I, I I'll say this: I'll say I, I'll give you Romans 8:37. I give you Romans 8, 37 real quick. And we're going to end with that because I just stopped by to encourage you today to tell you that you are built to last. I just stopped by to tell you that you're built to last. I'm at an hour right now, a little over an hour, so I'm, I'm, I'm done. But I'm going to leave you with Romans eight thirty seven. It says, Nay, in all things, glory to God, we are more than conquerors through him that love us. Amen. Nay, in all things, in all things. I don't care what situation you can come up with in all things. We are more than, we are not just conquerors. We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. We are more than that. We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Listen, I want to tell you right now, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're facing. I'm not omniscient. I'm not omnipresent. I can't see everything. What I know is God's word is true. I know his word is true. I know that he has never failed. I know that the Bible made a covenant promise. It says, if we can look up at night and we can see the moon and the stars, and if we can look up in the daytime and we can see the sun, that God's covenant still stands. The covenant he made with Abraham, it is still the same covenant. In fact, he ratified us. And the Bible says he gave us a better covenant. He gave us a better covenant. And as a better covenant, we ought to be living better lives. And so whatever you're going through today, I I implore you, I beseech you, I beg you, put your faith in God's word. Spend time in his word. Get connected with other people who are on fire for God. Don't make don't don't have a team of people who will extinguish your enthusiasm. Your enthusiasm is your your tool to to overcome disappointment. You got to get that joy, that unthinkable joy. You know, having joy allows you to actually hear from God. I taught an entire series on that. Your joy allows you to hear from God. When you're disappointed, when you're sad, when you're depressed, you don't hear God clearly. But when, but when you are full of joy, when you are full of expectation, when you are full of enthusiasm for the Lord, it's like your, your, your frequency gets tuned. It's like a radio station. You know, sometimes if the radio station is 103.5 and you're on 103.2, you can hear it, but it's a lot of, a lot of interference. But the moment you tune to 103.5, you can hear crystal clear. Joy is your tuning device. Joy is your tuning device. That's why you got to participate in in, in praise and worship. It's why you got to give God praise when you wake up in the morning. It's why you got to say, God, I praise you. God, I thank you. Listen, I don't care if you sing as worse as I do. You got to be able to sing a joyful song to the Lord, even if you got to get by yourself to sing it. You got to give God some praise. Now, before we go, give God some praise. I can't hear you. You you, you ain't got to worry about it. But wherever you are, give God some praise. Thank him. You know, Chris was singing that song this morning talking about that's love. And she was saying that's not how the story is. Whatever it is today, that's not how your story ends. He went to Calvary. He died for you. He died for me. And this is not how the story ends. We don't end up like this. We used to say this in our church all the time. Today is the worst day that I'll ever live. I'll never live this bad again. And it don't matter how good you're living, it's just going to get better. So I encourage you today. I encourage you with everything in me that you solidify this word in your life. You are built to last. Amen. Listen, if you want to sow into the ministry, there are multiple ways you can do it. If this word has encouraged you, I encourage you to sow. We have so many things going on. We're upgrading equipment to help with the viewer experience. Uh, We are still, as you know, always always growing our scholarship fund uh praise god we've we've got a couple of business partners now three of them who sow every month they sow every month for their business and watch this two of them don't even live in arkansas they don't even live in arkansas but they believe in what we're doing to help get kids to college the other thing is we are still helping people with their assistance uh we were talking to a good friend of ours last night who lives in um Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and she was saying, which I didn't realize this, maybe you did, but in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, since the pandemic started, they haven't been able to, uh, uh, in that city, uh, kick people out for non-rental payment or non-payment of their uh, light bill and gas bill and water bill, uh, and they and I, and I think she told me, if I'm not mistaken, that that not only did they get originally the the, st- the extra $600 stimulus, the state of Pennsylvania kicked in additional funds. Well, that wasn't the case here in Arkansas, and so we've been making sure that those people who are connected to us, or people who needed help, or people who reached out to us that the Lord told us to help, we could help them. You know, and I don't say this to to brag or anything, but I was telling some of the people in our church in the month of these de- the month of November in December alone we 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 sent out over forty two thousand dollars in benevolence that's helping people with their car notes helping people with their rent helping people with their with food doing all of those things it was only possible though because we have such awesome partners we have so many people in our church who honestly they are tithers, they are givers, they are blessed at it and they want to help people and they trust and believe in Pastor Sean and I that we do what we say with the resources. And I'm telling you, when I look back and I saw all the help we were able to give, my heart filled. Why? Because praise God, some of you and myself, we didn't need the help, right? But it could be us one day. But praise God, we were able to help those who needed it. Amen. We were able to help those who needed it. And, and not all, and, and most of them didn't go to our church. And that's OK. God didn't say just help the people inside of your church. Listen, there are people, though, that we have helped. And because we helped them and showed them that kind of love, they have connected to the ministry. Some of them have given their life to Christ. The Bible says, listen, if somebody comes to you and they tell you that they're hungry, you don't just preach the gospel to them. You got to feed them first. Well, how do we feed them if we don't have money and we don't have food? You guys make that possible. You make it possible. And so I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. I know we say it all the time. You're just going to have to get tired of hearing me say it if, if that's the case. But I absolutely love our partners. I love our partners. I love our partners. Praise God. I love you guys. You are so wonderful all over the country, the East Coast, West Coast, in between, across the pond, down in South Africa, in the motherland. Listen, we just love you guys. We just love you. And we praise God that you give us the opportunity to be a distribution center, as Tiffany just said. We thank you for giving us that opportunity. So if you want to sow, do it now. You don't have to wait till later on this afternoon and then forget about it. Be, be, the the Bible says God is, is 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 God will not would would not do without a a quick prompt to do giver whose heart is in his giving. God won't do without you. So so if you want to give, you can give. You can give the GiveLify to push pay to tidally or to text to give. I gave you all the announcements before. I won't go through all of those, but I will tell you to set your alarms for Friday. Set your alarms for Friday. Join us for Champion Circle, 6.30 a.m. I mean, what a way, to, what a way, what a way to start your weekend. Amen. We got, listen, somebody says, y'all add something every week. Listen, our partners are hungry. <laughs> I'm, they, they're like, hey, can, can Chris do praise and worship more than once a week? Hey, you got to join her page because she did just this week. Y'all were asking about it. She did a pop-up praise and worship. You know why you didn't know about it? You didn't go to her page. You didn't click like and you didn't subscribe. But if you do that, she go live, wherever you are, you're going to get the notification. So yes, we do something on Mondays. Yes, we do something on Tuesdays. Yes, we do something on Wednesdays. We got something for your teens and your babies on Thursdays. On Friday, we pray. On Saturday, we have fun because you need to have fun in your life. And on Sunday, we be right back here teaching God's word and getting better and better and better. Amen. Listen, God bless you. I'm out of here. I'm about to go home and see what my wife is doing. I ain't been able to antagonize her all day because she was getting ready to preach I didn't want to mess her up, but I'm about to go home and I'm about to antagonize her. I'm going to make her smile. I'll make her laugh. Why? Because laughter is medicine for the soul. So if you haven't laughed today, get on it because you need to laugh. God bless you. I love you. See you guys next week. Join us for all of our services. Be blessed.